Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 53, featuring a review of the new Denzel Washington thriller. I never thought I would say that on one of my podcasts, uh, titled The Little Things. Uh, Joining me tonight on this February 7th, 2021 is Carly. Uh, I am your host, JP. That is Carly. Carly. What? What's up, dude? We're back. Back at it again. We are back at it again. And we are back at it again. What have you been up to? Um... Not a whole lot. Kind of been a little slow for me this week. Nothing really super fun or amazing or anything like that. Uh, We did record on 22 Shots. We recorded the Twilight franchise and um, it just left like a really bad taste in my mouth. So just, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that, I guess. But besides (laughs) that, um, literally about to watch the super bowl today and and that's it been a really uneventful week right right um well for me i had a kind of an eventful week i quit my job that was my last day on friday and i start a new job tomorrow so i'm a little bit scared of that but i'm hoping all goes well it's just like an orientation so i don't think it's like the actual job part yet so um, you know, that probably would begin on Tuesday, but start that tomorrow, 8.30 to 4.30, see how that goes. Again, hopefully well. I went to Goodwill and bought a bunch of professional attire, uh, well, business casual attire, rather, because I don't really own clothes like that. So, and let me tell you, I see why women enjoy thrift shopping, because I bought five shirts and two pairs of pants for six doll hairs today, and that is, you can't beat them prices. So, that was fun. Um, And then I also, I put on my Facebook, I don't know if I mentioned it here, but I got involved with an indie horror film, uh, just from a sort of a high school, like, acquaintance, uh, kind of friend. We talked here and there. Um, She posted about it, and I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Uh, I want to be an extra. Then we had a meeting, and one of their actors had dropped out last minute, so I said, I'll do that. And, uh... It's a small role, it's not really involved with the horror aspects necessarily, but uh, I filmed that pretty much everything yesterday uh, for six hours, which was set, and that was a, that was a fun experience. Uh, you just, you know, saying, saying the lines and then having them record different angles and just doing it over and over again. Uh, did it at this dude's apartment, and it was kind of weird because I'm like at this apartment with three people I never met before, but... They were all super nice, and uh, it was a fun, unique experience. So, yeah, when I get more info on that, of course, I'll talk about it more. The movie's going to be called Cold-Blooded, but uh, I think they want to have it done by done filming by April, and then they're submitting it to Sundance in August, or before August. That's the deadline. So that was, that was fun. I'm supposed to be an extra, too, in March. Uh, just a background character. Obviously, they don't want my face to be seen, because that would ruin the whole effect, but, um, <laughs> yeah, they said that we could give you, like, a hood, and you could just be, like, a background cult member, and I said, yeah, I'll do that. I should have the time, so. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's, um, that's what I've done, so pretty much my life kind of changed within a week, and hopefully, I mean, it's been exciting. Uh, 
I usually am afraid of change, but I've been kind of embracing it lately. So, you know, hoping I made all the right decisions and that my new job goes well and that life continues. But other than that, been watching moves. Went to see, you and I didn't even see this movie together. I went to see it with another friend at the theater and you watched it at home. But uh, the movie we're reviewing tonight, so that's kind of, that's all I've really done this week though. Yeah, so um, how much, uh, how big was the role that you had? Um, it wasn't, it's nothing huge. I want to say I had uh, probably like six lines maybe in the one part, because there's two parts. It's basically I'm playing a sister who comes and checks on this private investigator who's the main character, and he has uh, some mental health stuff going on they think but his ears he keeps having hearing issues that's kind of a big the movie's pretty artsy like they want it to be all just focused on weird sounds and asmr amsr asmr whatever um that type of stuff so the guy has like ringing in his ears and uh sounds are always very emphasized for him so i go and check on him ask him if he's doing all right uh that's about six lines and then you know i leave and then it's supposed to be i come back later I guess after he's met up with this call and stuff and he's kind of in a better mood. And when I come back though, they didn't they had didn't write lines for that, so we improvised that whole part and uh each take we did, like me and him both said something different, so I don't know what they're gonna use for the final one, but um so, yeah, it's not a huge part, it's just kind of a secondary little rule. So you must be a really younger sister then. I mean the guy playing the part is 30. Like, I don't... And you said he's a, he's a private investigator or a detective? Just like a private... He's supposed to be private investigating into the life of this... I guess you uh, could probably be that. So, yeah, I yeah. guess you wouldn't be too much younger of a sister. And he looks older. Like, he has a beard and stuff. So, I mean, he looks the part, in my opinion. He was pretty good at acting. And, uh, you know, he's, like, wearing dress clothes and whatnot. So... Do you guys look... Um, do you guys look like brother and sister? <laughs> well, we do have we did have brown hair and I think brown eyes, so uh, that's good enough, I think. Um, so, yeah, and I feel I feel that we had decent enough chemistry there. So that's all the uh, she I also watched back all the clips that I did, and that was interesting seeing myself because there was a lot of close-up shots and the camera was really nice, so you see like every detail. Uh, that was kind of weird but uh they said i had good facial expressions so i think that one thing that can help you with like acting mm. is being a podcaster like i'm not even joking um just in the sense that anytime somebody first starts in video or youtube or and youtube also uh, or podcasting, like one of the things that bother them the most is hearing the sound of their own voice for the first time. Right. And a lot of people like can't get used to that and it makes them feel awkward. But like mm -hmm. now I don't even notice a difference. You know what I mean? Like when I hear my voice, it does sound a little bit different. Yeah. When I hear it on playback, but like I'm so used to that sound that it's like doesn't even affect me at all. Right, I too am used to the sound of your voice. Um, no, but I, yeah, I would agree because watching the video clips, I was like, because she was like, you want to see it? And then she was showing me other clips from the movie, which looked pretty good. It, it looks like it's coming together nicely. You know, they're not like screwing around. It looks better than so some low budget films that I have seen so far, just to be 
clips that she had. Uh, the actors are all good. The effects are decent and the locations they used are good. And you could tell she's very particular on making sure everything's in focus and the shots are well done. They're very big fans of Ari Aster flicks and uh, just the A24 movies too in general. So they, tr you could tell the, especially the girl tries to focus on that type of style. But yeah, watching myself back, I was like, oh God, this is going to be really awkward. But it wasn't too bad and I still kind of cringe listening to myself on podcasts because with acting you're just saying the lines that they want you to say with podcasting I just say dumb shit myself so I don't want to hear myself say dumb stuff and that is a little awkward but the sound of my voice I'm pretty much over I can watch my YouTube videos and not feel too uncomfortable so that's nice yeah so I didn't know you wanted to be an actor On well when I was uh in middle school I wanted to kind of be an actor but honestly I was never that good I was very sort of stiff with it and uh it, you know I never really I got a few actually in middle school I did get decent roles in our plays but then when I got to high school uh there was people who were way better than me so I never really I kind of gave up on that dream in high school um but I recently always wanted to you know kind of wanted to get into the indie filmmaking seeing a lot of our fellow people doing that like Mikey Fish and Rebecca Reinhardt and uh, some others as well uh, it looks like a fun time so I have been interested in it and I feel like I did surprisingly well like I feel like this was the best I've ever acted when you compare me to my middle school and high school plays I feel like I did well on this thing oddly enough because I, I was kind of thinking when I agreed to it like I'm gonna be terrible and they're gonna think I suck but I put a lot of effort into it to and I took your advice where you were like just pretend that you're actually sitting there talking to someone like you would talk in real life that's kind of what I tried to do instead of being over dramatic Mm -hmm. and stuff and I use my face a lot too like you know make concerned looks and whatnot so yeah um but yeah it's something I've been interested in and uh I, I had fun about you you never said that to me I know because I kind of I gave up on like I said I gave up on the dream when I realized I sucked <laughs> <laughs> like I and I was very you know shy and my problem is just being stiff on the stage I, I always feel it's like I couldn't multitask. I felt uncomfortable walking from one place to another or sitting in a chair. I mm -hmm. could stand there and say lines, but I always felt like, oh, I'm going to move over here and then I'm for going to forget what line I have to say and that type of stuff just would make me nervous. Also, stage acting is way Yeah, you got to yell pretty much. Yeah, and you have to remember your lines or else you look like a freaking idiot, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if you mess up on camera, you're supposed to have your lines memorized, but you can at least mess up and be like, okay, we'll do that again. So I think it's mm -hmm. a different ball game, but yeah, I would love to, you know, if these two, if, cause it's a brother and sister director duo. Um, I think if this film's successful, they said they have other screenplays that they've written. So, you know, you never know. Maybe I'll keep tagging along with them. Cause I Dude, do if, like, if you want to be make, if you want to get in movies, like it's not hard. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, like, like if you want to get in real movies, yeah, it's a little harder. Yeah. But like, it's super easy to get into indie stuff. You can.
can pretty much just ask and once you've done like two or three things if you say hey i was in this and i did this they'll instantly be like yep <laughs> because right the, because normally they're working with their friends and they're like oh this person's actually acted before so like you know that they'll automatically go with you but um <clears throat> yeah i mean we have a few friends who are like actresses and stuff like that or, or people that are in the community so yeah, it's something you could definitely get into. Um, I've always thought that I, I could be a pretty decent actor just from whenever me and my friends, not not like decent as in like, I could be like in real movies one day. Yeah, I just mean so. like, I could I could probably act better than a lot of people that are in indie films. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, yeah. n- not, not the actual actors, but like the friends, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the ones who are just there. Yeah, who... um, because we used to do these like skits it when i was a kid me and my friend and we would like act in them and then also like like when he started working with me last year and we got together and we would constantly be like making like skit videos at work like um you never got to see those huh when i was like like i was pretending like i was firing people and stuff no no they were pretty funny i i don't know if he he probably does i don't know if he still has them or not but i wanted to (laughs) they were funny but anyway um i think that i think that's pretty cool you know it's it's i didn't think you would be like that outgoing enough to want to do something like that personally well that's what i'm i mean i'm proud of myself for doing it because just the whole concept i mean i went to this dude's apartment and the friend who got me involved is in the movie herself obviously but she doesn't play she has nothing to do with the scene I was in, so she wasn't going to be there. So it's like I went and hung, literally hung out with three people I never met before in my life at their apartment for six hours yesterday, and it wasn't awkward. And that, that alone was surprising to me because I'm very uncomfortable around new people usually, and it was it felt natural. Um, it helped. They weren't, like, super, you know, they were, like, kind of, like, geeky, like, obviously techy and... Uh, the one dude was like a band geek before, so it's not like they were super high class, um, expect all the serious stuff. It was very easy to get along with them. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just got sometimes I have spurts where I'm very outgoing and then I kind of fall back into a shell sometimes, but then I get outgoing again. Uh, I've always kind of gone through that type of issue where I'm very roller coastery, but. Uh, this was not one of those times and it was fun and obviously you know it wasn't it's not a paid job but they did give me a $20 gift card just for being in their movie I thought that was really nice of them because I didn't expect anything yeah that's cool you can be a cult member buddy if you want um I don't know I probably won't be around but well when there's snow on the ground you won't be around well they're filming on week they only film on weekends which I usually work well, buddy, you're off on Sunday stank day. I know it's football day and stuff, but I think, you know, I'm just saying. When it comes around, I'll ask you again. All right, um, let's go ahead and get into some what we watched. Uh, do you have a lot this week? Uh, let me see. I don't think so. No, not really. I have, like, I have six. Okay, you go first, then. All right. Does that mean you have a lot? Of, you have I don't a have a lot, but I have more than six. Oh, no. Okay. 
All right, well, first up, as per Survive 05, uh, I watched Larva. That's one you talked about, I believe, last week. And that was about uh, kind of like, you know, creature feet. Not even, I don't even know if that's what you'd call it, like parasite horror. Um, kind of low budget. It feels like a low budget sci fi film. It has uh, Williams Forsyth in it and a uh, few other actors. Um, and it's about this larva that's kind of like taken over this small little farming sort of town and uh they're trying to figure out what it is because it's like you know killing people and killing the animals and becoming it's like contaminating the food and stuff uh i didn't mind it i kind of i like the setting like i said it was low budget but i did enjoy the sort of small town uh middle of nowhere setting it had and uh the actual you know insects larvae whatever you want to call them they were very badly cg'd and that's to be expected but there was also a few gross out parts where you see it like in the meat and then the animals and that really got under my skin because stuff like that is what really gets under my skin is having any sort of parasite in your food or in your own body and I feel like I'm gonna gag talking about it so uh that was effective but like I said it was pretty fake looking um I gave that like a five and a half out of ten so not horrible then after that, I watched The Last House on the left as per watching movies for fun uh, from 1972. This was the Arrow release that I won off of, I think, your show, actually. You did the giveaway, and I think I was on the up, and Brandon had copies of it, and he sent it to me. And I hadn't watched it, so I thought, might as well crack this open because it's been sitting here, and it's a pretty good addition. I didn't realize it came with, like, a poster too. I think the poster is pretty cool. I would like to frame that bad boy. Um, but you know, Last House on the Left, uh, rape revenge type of film, Wes Craven. Uh, it's one that I I've never necessarily loved, but I still do appreciate it. Um, it's very hokey at times, but I like the grittiness to it. Um, David Hess is great in it, and so are all the other you know scummy people in his crew. Um, it, it is a good film, for sure, and it has its place. Um, I've always kind of given this... I think I, I've always given it, like, a 7.5. I would bump it up to an 8, because I do think it's a solid watch. Um, the revenge aspects are good uh, with the parents and whatnot, and uh, it, it does make you feel uncomfortable. So give that an 8 out of 10. And then, it's funny, I watched, like, three movies in a row that had the word house in it. Um, after that, I watched House of Voices from... 2004 as per nothing because uh you know he told me it was an 05 movie i believed it i watched it and it was 04 um but what are you gonna do uh 2004 house of voices uh this takes place at like this old orphanage and this woman comes to sort of care for the orphanage i guess she's gonna live there and all the kids have moved out they've been adopted out besides like this one grown I don't know if she's, like, a grown woman, like, in her 20s, or if she's still a teen. I, she looks like she's, like, in her 20s, but no one ever adopted her, and she has, like, these problems, so she's still left behind with the, uh, one of the other ladies who sort of runs the place, and, uh, all while they're there, there's, like, some creepy phenomena going on, and the caretaker woman is trying to figure out, uh, the history and what's going on. Um, at first, the movie was cool. I do, I like the orphanage setting I think that's cool and uh sort of depressing I thought you know that was interesting and then when the girl shows up uh there's some good atmospheric moments but 
overall, I thought it was kind of boring. Um, I'm not sure if it's like a TV movie or just a low-budget film, but it's one of those ones where there's not a lot necessarily happening. You're not really seeing much visually, which can be fine sometimes, but in this one, it just came off as it felt like nothing was really happening worthwhile. So um, I didn't end up caring for it too much. I gave it like a 4 out of 10. Then after that, I watched House of Wax from 2005, as per my Survive 05. Uh, House of Wax, this is one that I saw as a child. I think I watched it with my mom, and I've seen it multiple times since, and it's grown on me more each time. Uh, I actually think it's a pretty disturbing concept, what's going on in the movie. Again, I dig the setting. Uh, you know, they kind of happen upon this in-the-middle-of-nowhere town, and uh, there's they find that, like, no one's actually living there, and everyone's just these wax figures that these guys have created and then there's something more sinister to it um i think there's some brutal moments in the film and uh like i said it's rather disturbing with what it does um i always kind of think of it as like house of wax is a fun movie but it's actually a rather serious and like i said disturbing flick so i i think it's definitely a good one from 05 i give it an 8 out of 10 then after that, as per watching movies for fun, I watched Ju-On, The Grudge from 2002. Um, always wanted to check this out. Obviously, the original uh, Grudge film, um, you know, the, the main one, the American one, is remaking, although it takes aspects from, like, the first three Ju-On movies, I believe. But, uh, yeah, this was... This was decent, you know, um, it's very much the same as The Grudge. The scenes are pretty much shot for shot, uh, kind of like with The Ring and Ringu, um, but it had some creepy moments. You can feel that the budget is low, and uh, I, at first I was kind of like, I don't know about that, but the more I thought about it, I think it actually made it almost more effective and unsettling that it did have that low budget where The Grudge actually focuses more on more some, you know, special effects and a little bit of CG. This one feels more kind of do-it-yourself and uh, not focused on too much. So it is definitely creepy in uh, that aspect. Um, so I did enjoy it. Um, it was a little tedious to watch since it was very much the same as The Grudge. There's like probably just like a few things that are a little bit different uh, towards the end, I would say. But um Overall, it really is the same film, and again, I wish I could have watched it before seeing The Grudge, but it's cool, and I think it's cool that they got the same actors to play uh, the whole, you know, Kayako, her husband, and child. Um, maybe they even got the same cat, who knows, but they got the same actors to play in The Grudge that they had in this move. Um, I gave that a 7 out of 10. And then finally, I watched Grave Encounters 2 from 2012 last night. Uh... Because I wanted to watch something creepy, and I always heard these were creepy. I've never seen the first one, but I did pick this one up on DVD, and I I just don't care. And I watched it, and uh, this is about this group of filmmakers who want to go to the Grave Encounters location and see if the events from the first movie were real, because it's trying to be pawned off as being real, and uh, they want to see if it actually was haunted and because they can't find anything on the actors so uh you know they set out to do that um kind of it almost reminds me of like Blair Witch 2 where you know that Blair Witch exists in the realm of that film and uh people were kind of like oh yeah you know everyone comes here because they thought it was real blah 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 but um this movie was pretty good it, it definitely had some creepy moments you know um it does have like the 
again, CG sort of effects on ghosts, and it's more you actually see visual ghosts than uh, it playing with your mind. But it, that works for me. I thought it was scary, and the way it's done is uh, effective, where it's like, oh shit, like there's a scary ghost running at me, and you could actually see it. Um, sometimes I enjoy that, and that really worked for me in this movie. Um, I feel like I would probably like the first one better, but again, I have not seen it yet, so I can't really judge. But um, this one was decent. I gave it a 7 out of 10. And that is all I have watched. Alright. Um, okay, let's get into mine. Um, so, the first one that I watched there is Survive 05 is The Cave. Um, there's a lot of cave type of horror movies from 05, which is kind of interesting because typically, you know with a film like The Descent, which was a really big success, maybe like the next year you would get a lot of cave movies, but these yeah. must have kind of been in production around the same time, so um, you would assume that the uh, it's just like a weird coincidence, but uh, The Cave, it was um, it was okay, it follows a, a group of um, cave explorers in Romania who are trying to um, venture into this like undisturbed ecosystem and they it's like sort of an underwater cave and there's like a monster there inside uh it's nowhere near as good as like the descent um but it's not too bad either the biggest problem with it is it's just damn boring for most of the movie uh so yeah i didn't i didn't love it i gave it like a six out of ten cool <laughs> um and then really quickly i'm not going to spend a lot of time on these twilight saga new moon 2009 um i'll say this that's the one that's one of i think that's one of the better ones in the, in the franchise um i think the chemistry between taylor lautner and um Kristen Stewart is like much better than uh, with Robert Pattinson even though they dated in real life apparently which I learned yeah um and then the Twilight Saga Eclipse 2010 uh, I think that's the best of the entire series um it has like the most things going on and honestly felt like it should have been like around like I know they didn't conclude everything but it could have concluded everything I feel like you could have just ended it there because in 2011 and 12 you get Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn part 1 and 2 and those are horrible I didn't like them at all um so yeah I, I honestly have like such a like it was all fun and games when I watched Twilight 1 and 2 and it was like oh these aren't that bad like this is this is, I would watch these again but then like I just tur it turned into pure misery by like the f fourth and fifth one <laughs> so yeah I can't I can't believe these are all pretty much 10 years old at this point. Yeah. And I can't, like, at first I almost wanted to do that show with you guys because I thought that'd be kind of fun to revisit these movies. But then the more I thought about it, like, I actually don't want to revisit these movies. Like, that was very much a middle school thing for me. And I don't think I would like them at all now. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I think so. Um then after that uh those th that show will come out um maybe <laughs> uh, we we kind of toyed with the idea of not releasing it as an official episode because we weren't like ha super happy with it damn so i don't know maybe 
Maybe you'll hear it, maybe you won't. <laughs> Alright. Um, They Live, 1988. I, I've been trying to do this thing where, like, the movies that I buy, I'm trying to, like, watch them as I get them instead of, like, putting them on the shelf for, like, five years. Mm-hmm. So I've, like, bought a few movies that I'm watching right away when I get them in the mail. I think that that's pretty cool. And I... I definitely definitely am trying to like stay up on watching actual movies that i own and i've done pretty good job i remember last year i wanted to do 150 in the year i think i ended it like 159 or something i'm already in the 20s this year in damn in january in february so it's pretty cool but they live 1988 i picked up the 4k really good transfer on that uh the Screen Factory Blu-ray was already a really good transfer, so I don't think it's like a massive, massive improvement. But They Live is a John Carpenter film starring Roddy Piper. It's always kind of been one of my favorites of his. Or not always, actually. The first time I seen it, I didn't really care for it, but it, it grew on me a lot. It It's just a really cool movie. It almost feels like more should happen in it. Like, it's kind of a simpler... Like, not a whole lot happens, you know? So, it's... It's one that I think, like, I just enjoy watching, like, Roddy Piper, and also, it's a cool little concept, and I like the setting, and the music, and it just has that, like, 80s Carpenter vibe to it, you know what I mean? It just feels like straight Carpenter, right? So, I really like that about it, and there's the really fun sequence of, with Keith David and Roddy Piper, like, beating the crap out of each other, it's, like, a super long fight sequence, it's, like, comical, yeah. Um, but yeah, that movie, it's probably my in my top like five or six favorite Carpenter films. We actually did get to see it in the theater at one point, which was pretty cool mm. because that's one that I doubt would get picked a lot of times. So that was neat. We've actually seen more Carpenter movies than like any other director, like from the retro years, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I've seen Halloween, you haven't. I've seen the thing multiple times. I've seen um, Dark Star. Dark Star. They live. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. The Fog. The Fog. Christine. Christine. And Vampires. And Vampires. That's seven moves. Well, for me, that's seven. Eight Eight for for you. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's crazy. Carpenter. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of those that you thought, you know, I mean, when you think about like his filmography, what's really missing from there, you know what I mean? Mm. Like Assault on Precinct 13 maybe, but like that's not even considered horror. Like out of his horror films, we've seen a lot of the big ones. Yeah, pretty, like all, yeah, all the best ones. But yeah, They Live, it's like an 8.5 out of 10. Always love that one. Uh, then I watched Within, also known as The Cavern. So I always thought it was C-A-V-R-E-N. Like, I thought yeah. that's how you said cavern. Cav- I used to say cavern. Oh. My whole life. I see. Until I got this DVD and I was like, cavern? Oh. <laughs> I didn't well, know. Buddy, you're dumb. Yep. Uh, so this one sucks. Uh, it's the other cave movie that that was there um, so weird. I think a bunch of friends go into a cave and they 
there's a creature in there. Mm. And it's like... It, okay, so the the cave, the one that I reviewed earlier, that one actually had like a bunch of bull in it too. Um, like quick cut editing and stuff like that that I, that uh. I hate when the creatures around. This one is like more you can't see anything, but it also they don't even show the what's killing them for like a long time. But it's like this horrible like like it's so dark or it's like the the colors are stupid like it's just hard to watch like physically actually watch it um it's super low budget but it almost feels like certain scenes you're like wow like this is kind of like a nice little cave location so it's like how did they do this with the crappy budget that they have um but it's it's sucks uh there is like this accidental cannibalism scene in it that's the only scene that's worth watching in the movie um the creature reveal is kind of stupid but laughable as well it's it's not a good movie i gave it like a two out of ten jeez uh then i watched prince of darkness from the year 1987 uh this of course is the other john carpenter film that was just released on 4k the film we made right before they live and i've never been a huge fan of this one seen it in a theater seen it a handful of times on blu-ray uh i felt like i should have liked it more based on like just like the air it came out and like what it's dealing with and stuff like that but i just never could get into this one that mm. much like i like the church i i, I like all the characters and you know like donald pleasance is in it the music's good visually it's it's nice i just think the story sucks it's just not that interesting um they don't do like a ton with it it's kind of bland and basic to me um it could have been cooler for like what they're dealing with like this you know millions year old entity type thing so I'm, I'm just sticking with my original rating that I've gave it like the last few times I've talked about it, which is six out of ten. But yeah, it's it's like one of my least favorite Carpenter films. Yeah, I only saw it that one time when we went to Carpenter Fest. Yeah. And I haven't watched it since, so. And the 4K, um, again, it already looked pretty good on Blu-ray from Scream Factory, so, like, the 4K doesn't do it, like, that much justice. Honestly, I don't even know if it's really worth the upgrade, um, which is kind of crazy. Like, I, I, like, I always want to own the, like, great directors, like, all their stuff in, like, the best format that I can. But, yeah, I just, I don't think that those two particularly are, like, they're not films that you need to run out and upgrade right away. Um, especially because they're, like, $25, $27, so, each. So, not really, like, the best, um, upgrade. And those are the first two Scream Factory transfers, so I'm curious to see if they do any others, like, if they're gonna be a lot better scream factory has never really been known as like the best for transfers like they have a lot of good ones but companies like vinegar syndrome and sometimes even like severin and arrow i think i'll do a little bit better transfers usually yeah so yeah that's uh prince of darkness six out of ten uh and then i watched 
Attack the Block from 2011. And it's crazy to think this movie's 10 years old at this point. It's nuts. This is one that I remember when it came out. Um, I was doing a lot of like red box renting back then because I didn't have like like back then I think I had just started collecting movies because mm. I think I just started my YouTube channel. I think I started cl- actually collecting movies in like 2008 or nine. Yeah, because I got my first Blu-ray player in 2010, so I was definitely collecting by then. Um, and. I started YouTube in 2012, so I was doing a lot of, like, when I would get titles, I would watch them right away, so I would always, like, not have, like, new stuff to watch, like, I don't have that problem now, like, I have, I could literally not buy stuff for a couple years, and I would still have new things in my collection I haven't watched yet, you know? (laughs) Right, right. So, uh, I don't have that problem now, but back then, I used to just watch everything as I got them, and... I would do a lot of uh, red boxing for like newer stuff I hadn't seen and attack the block was one that I grabbed and I just thought it was super fun back then and I hadn't seen it since so 10 years ago I watched attack the block in in like well nine years ago in 2012 it's just like it's honestly blowing my mind to say that out loud yeah Ugh, I know it makes me <laughs> uncomfortable um, but yeah this movie takes place in like you know some sort of like south london um inner city like housing project type thing and it follows these young hoods um i believe the 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 proper word for them is chavs which is like this english sort of like street kid adolescent like gang type characters you know right basically like a bunch of little assholes right and uh they essentially are like robbing people and they're like you know hoods basically anyway this alien comes down and it uh they essentially kill it and then they're like walking around with it as like this badge of honor or like a trophy and all the people around them are like what the hell and then a bunch more come down out of the sky and they're like let's kill those ones too but these ones are way bigger (laughs) so they're like kind of like you know it's an attack on the block and they gotta they gotta survive and and there's like a little redemption story there for the lead and stuff like that and uh the you know the monsters are kind of cool looking they're they're basically look like little black bears but with like glowing blue teeth which is pretty neat uh kind of a simple but effective design the real heart of this film is the characters they're all really funny and they're uh very sort of um likable have like fun dialogue and stuff like that and they're bad people kind of you know but because the movie doesn't like take itself like super super serious like it's like a comedy you don't necessarily like hate them like you're more okay with the fact that they're like kind of like hoods and and criminals like it it doesn't feel real so you like you, you still kind of like them. Because normally it's hard to have your leads be likable and complete assholes at the same time, you know? But if you if it's kind of comedic, it's a little... Have you ever seen this? No. Oh, really? No. Oh, it's a lot of... It's a real lot of fun. You should definitely check it out one day. Um, but it's funny because I'm always like... Whenever I, I see the movie 
see this movie or another movie like any movie that takes place in like with these like chav characters i always like feel like for the, like the next week i i'm always like saying like what are you talking about bruv <laughs> <laughs> like i'll just be at work or something and like someone will be like it'll be like heather or something and she'll be like she'll be like did you see that note and i'll be like what what note bruv <laughs> the one that says you're fired what bruv <laughs> or like what are you doing blood i have a bad english accent but i yeah, i love or... like they all say like bruv and blood all the time and it's like hilarious <laughs> come on blood what are you on. doing bruv bruv come on bruv come on bruv come on <laughs> you're stupid all right you should check it out bruv all right blood is that all, right. all your moves uh no that i oh. give that one an 8.5 out of 10 Okay. Uh, then I watched Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man from 1991. Have you ever seen this? No, it sounds like you're just watching all kinds of moves for fun. <laughs> Wait. It does. Are um, you watching? Do you like moves? For, is this a move yeah, for fun? Yeah, of course. Uh, I finished the Twilight Show and I needed to watch something. I see. I see. Okay, whatever. Go on. Um, so, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man is a movie that I actually grew up on. Oh, what was uh-huh. that? That was my uh, washer, or my dryer going off. <laughs> the clothes are done. Um, go on. So, this movie is one of the first films that uh, I ever seen. I remember... Um, it came out in 91. I think I've probably seen it in like 92 or something. As like a one and a half year old or something like that. I don't remember. But I, it was one of the first... Mo- I remember it like all of my life. Like I don't remember a time where I don't remember the movie. Um, you know, I saw it... At two, three, four. Like I probably saw it every year of my life for the first like couple years. Multiple times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one that I've always kind of grown attached to and, and always... It's like, there there were like a couple of movies that came out in the early 90s that just stuck with me. Trespass, Surviving the Game, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. That like, those three were like ones that I constantly had on rotation. And uh, yeah, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man is a really fun movie. It stars Mickey Rourke. And it essentially follows um, this guy named Harley Davidson. Uh, and the Marlboro Man. Play, played by Mickey Rourke. And he's he's like a biker dude. And at the beginning of the movie, you see him leave this chick that's naked in a bed. And, and he just like leaves. And then he gets on his bike and he, he drives away. And you get the sense that he's breaking it off with her. And then it's just him driving for a really long time with... Um, Dead or Alive playing while he's on a motorcycle. A Harley Davidson with like this leather jacket and shit and just it's like, yo, this is fucking cool, man. (laughs) Um, You know, he stops at a gas station and there's people in there robbing it and then he like fucking beats their ass and takes, you know, impresses the girl and stuff like that. And then um, he goes back to his uh, hometown in L.A., uh, Burbank, California, 
and he runs into his buddy Marlboro, and uh, he is sort of, sort of like more of a like cowboy character, and those two uh, reunite with their old in their old stomping grounds, this bar, uh, where the owner of the bar is basically like a father figure to them. They call him like old the old man, and you know he essentially uh the it's like the kind of like the it's like a future type thing like all these skyscrapers are coming up in the town and they put an international airport there and basically there's a crooked bank and the bank is trying to foreclose on the bar so they get an idea like maybe we should rob the bank and then we can get 2.5 million dollars and save the bar so so harley davidson the marlboro man uh jimmy jose and Jack all get together to like rob a bank but what they don't realize is they rob they rob the wrong bank and the bank that they rob is actually like a drug basically a front for for drug pushing and there's this new drug on the scene called crystal dream and it basically people put it in their eyes and stuff like that and they accidentally steal a bunch of drugs instead of money and so then they're sort of like trying to figure out what to do and stuff. It's it's like an action film, but it is so much fun. There's like a lot of cool characters in there. It was a it was a box office flop. It didn't make any money, um, but I've always thought it was like such a fun movie. Um, you got uh, you got Big John Studd in here as Jack Daniels. Uh, you have um, uh, basically. Oh, you know who else who plays, um, what the hell is his name? Uh, trying to find his name. Uh, yeah, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. You know who that is? Yeah, he's, uh, Gus from Breaking Bad. Yeah, well, he's Jimmy Giles in this movie, and he's, like, this young, like, um, like, just... Like, I, like, you know, he's, like, a younger black dude, and he's, like, talking, like, nothing better ever, Holmes, nothing better ever. <laughs> and, and, like, and I'm just, like, what? <laughs> that's guys? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> didn't yeah. even realize it at all. Like, I, I, did, I didn't, I would have never, I've seen this movie, like, a hundred times. I would never notice if I didn't see somebody point that out on Letterboxd. Mm. Um, Vanessa Williams is in here. Um, and then you have... You, you have, like, a really... Uh, Daniel um, Baldwin's in here. Uh, Chelsea Field is in here as Virginia Slim. You'll notice that a lot of these people have, like, names based off of things, like Jack Daniels. Right, is Marble Man just a guy with a cigarette head? No, he has, he's, a, like, a cowboy, but he does smoke a lot of cigarettes in the movie. Well, I pick... Every time you said that, I've just pictured a guy with, like, a whole pack of Marble Reds as a head. Yeah. Um, but dude, this movie is like such a blast, man. I absolutely love it. It's like one of my favorites. Um, there's so many quotable lines in this movie. Like, like Marlboro is always saying like, well, my dad, my, my old man before he left this shitty world told me this. And then he'll say like, he'll say something like, uh, a good woman can make you, but a bad woman can ruin you. Or like, he'll be like. Before my father left this shitty world, he told me, uh, never chase women or buses, because both are going to leave you behind. <laughs> and, like, he'll always have these quotes that his, like, old man told him, 
<laughs> and then Before like, he left Harley the shitty will be world. like, be like, screw your old man, he's dead or something. He's like, hey, you leave my old man out of this. <laughs> he's like, who cares what your old man had to say, Marlboro? <laughs> um, and then like Harley has like great lines too, like um, that I that I love. Like my favorite line, pretty sure I based my life on this and didn't realize it. It's better to be dead and cool than alive and uncool. <laughs> Right, you get it. You're stupid. Why? Yeah, I get it. Cause like, you're not cool. <laughs> yes, you are I'm alive not. and uncool. No, I'm not. So yeah, you did. That's I always live my life to the fullest because I always think, I always think like, I'd rather be dead and uncool, or I'd rather dead be and dead cool. and cool than alive you're and uncool. Stu- <laughs> you're stupid. That's that's dumb. Like. Because when you're dead, like, who cares what kind of cool you are? Wouldn't it be better, like, to be like, it's better to be alive and cool than dead and non... Wait, no, no it's better... he's basically yeah. saying, like, when they're about to do something real dangerous where they could die, he's like, well, it's better to be dead and cool than alive and uncool. Stupid. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Alright. Um, but yeah, really fun movie. Uh, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. It's been one of my favorites most of my life. I don't watch a lot of like non-horror like action stuff, but I try to I, every once in a while I squeeze them in. All right, and then I watched uh, King of Ants, which is a Stuart Gordon film. Somebody gave me this for Patreon from the year 2003. Uh, it basically follows uh, this young house painter who gets roped in with. Um, like sort of these these uh corrupt like real estate agent guys or something like that um and one of the funny things about it is that the one of the guys is played by who's the guy in family oh uh the guy who plays in freaking i don't know what that guy's name is but the guy from cheers yeah um george went george went oh, okay yeah, yeah he's he's in this film and um the uh um basically the he they kind of rope and trick this like young sort of like naive dude into like killing somebody who's looking into the criminal activities of these real estate people and uh when he actually goes through and kills the person they're like he they, he owes he's owed thirteen thousand dollars and they're like, nah, we ain't paying you. Like, we didn't think you would really do it or something. <clears throat> or it was like a, a bad idea. And then they're like, well, we knew you would like mess it up. So we thought like, blah, blah, blah. And they basically like capture him and like beat the hell out of him. To, because he get he basically tries to strong on the, arm them by like saying that he, he, ha- he made a file on what they did and gave it and hit it somewhere. So that if he dies, the police will get that file. So they're trying to like basically beat it out of him and mm. he gets like brain damage and he essentially escapes from them. Um, but he doesn't really have like memory of like who he is or what he do- did or whatever. And he actually ends up running into, uh, the person that he killed's wife, um, the widow and they form a relationship. I'll kind of leave it off there. I mean, that's most of what the story, honestly, but like, I didn't really know what else to say like that's an important aspect that makes yeah. the movie interesting um honestly like a super super different movie for Stuart gordon just because mm. it, it's not really like in any way lovecraftian 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And you're so used to that with him. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's um like a crime thriller type movie with with a little bit of horror elements, but it's kind of a weird thing because it was produced by the Asylum, which is weird because normally Ooh. like the Asylum is a company that they get, do rip off. Yeah, like mockbusters. Yeah. Um, it it's a. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's okay. It's nothing great, but I enjoyed it. Um, I gave it like a six and a half out of, uh, out of ten on that one. I, I like the lead a lot. He was fun, and George Wen is really fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Oh, and fu- funny enough, did not intentionally do this. Daniel Baldwin's in it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> super weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, that happens to me a lot, actually. Like, what are the chances of that, you know? Like, I can't think of a bunch of Daniel Baldwin movies <laughs> that I watch, but, like... I don't even know if I Isn't that weird? That like, I literally watched those two back-to-back and didn't yeah. intentionally do that at all. I didn't right. know anything about King of Ants. It was just a Patreon film. Right. Um, all right, and then I have... What do I have here? Um, then I have the last film, Verotica, which I just watched. And, uh, yeah, this movie is pretty garbage. Um, it's directed by Glenn Danzig of Misfits fame. Everybody was saying this is the next room movie. Um, it's not. I hate when people say that and they so miss the mark. It's not, it's not at all. Because, like, the room was so special because, like, of... Well, we we know why it was special. We talked about that. Yeah. It's like Tommy was so, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but and like the, it, I think the best comparison to the room is Troll too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that I would really agree. is yeah. the the room of horror films. This movie is not that. It's just a bad movie. But it's it's I, I think that people were saying that is because like then get Glenn Danzig tried to actually make like a good movie. Like I think mm-hmm. I think one thing he said I I was reading the um, letterbox or was the Wikipedia I don't remember. Somebody said that um, when this screened he came out and did like a you know introduction to the film and stuff like that and talked about it. And uh, when it ended he came out and said like. Well, you guys, like, didn't laugh at, like, the parts that I necessarily would have, but, you know, whatever, it's cool. (laughs) So, I think he, like, thought he made something pretty cooler than it actually is. Um, So, maybe that's where they're coming from, the room thing. But, it's if anything, this movie is just kind of embarrassing. But, it's not, (laughs) it's not, like, the worst thing I've ever seen either. Like, people were saying that it's, like, you know, pure, pure, pure garbage. And it's, it's a lot of garbage, but... I've seen way worse movies than this. This doesn't even come close to the worst stuff I've seen. And uh, it's an anthology film. The first story is about a girl um, who's actually his girlfriend. See, I'm hesitant to say (laughs) what I think about this because um, I thought she was, like, pretty horrible, honestly. And she has, I think, a French accent, and I was like, I really hope that that's not her real way she talks because I literally think that it's like insanely atrocious. And if that's her real 
like if she's actually like French or something like that that's gonna blow my mind but I assume it's an accent for the movie but at the same mm-hmm. time I'm like if it if that was their accent like how the hell did they like let her keep doing that <laughs> you know what I mean um actually um Carolyn Williams is has a small little bit part in this really? uh but so the first story follows um Glenn Danzig's uh I assume I think real life girlfriend from what I read and she's like a prostitute and she uh basically has these boobs that have um eyeballs on the nipples and then she also uh there's like a spider-man guy thing there too that's like killing prostitutes um it was pretty dumb it really wasn't that good uh the effects don't look very good um the second story is about but it you know it had the fun boob eyeballs you know so there was that um the second uh story followed a um what was she like a like a stripper who is cutting the faces off of like other strippers and prostitutes and stuff um and that one is called change of face the first one is albino spider of the jet <laughs> i see um and the second one is called change of face and it basically is about a girl that's like cutting off faces of other girls and it mostly takes place in a strip club with like 10 minutes of like girls stripping like there's a lot of like shameless like graphic gratuitous nudity in this film like a ton like it's all naked like the whole movie is naked chicks pretty much um and yeah uh you know that that one was uh, not great either but you know had face cutting off segments <laughs> um but no it was you know just it's bad like all the acting's bad all the like the effects aren't i read that he said that like the effects people that worked on this film were like blown away at the effects and they're like all garbage pretty much like there's a couple okay ones um the uh story the pacing um if anything like i was interested in all the naked boobs that were everywhere you know what i mean it like kept my attention i guess but it's just it's not good like the face cuts look stupid um it the mystery girl is like supposed to be a lot cooler than she actually is like even the costume is like kind of shitty um yeah so that one's not good either and then the last one is uh drukaija countessa of blood (laughs) um and this one is essentially like that hostile two scene where uh the woman is like a countess and she's essentially like capturing girls who are virgins and bathing in their blood it's basic there's a that's based on a real um uh woman that used to do that in real life um but yeah i mean it's this kind of sucks too um there's like a really long throat slit scene where it's blood spraying for a really long time um, it's honestly just not good, you know what I mean? Um, 
uh, Danzig referred to this film as a tribute to like Black Sabbath and Trilogy of Terror, which is just it's sad. It's embarrassing. You feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Um. Oh man, it's just not. It's just so not good. But it's not. It's not like the worst thing I've ever seen either. But it's funny. You know how you have like friends that you follow on Letterboxd. Yeah. So. Um. Just out of all my friends, one star, half star, half star, half star, one star, half star, one star, one star, half star, uh, one star. And it's just, it's (laughs) hilarious to see them all lined up. I've never seen a film that had that much bad ratings Yeah, there's usually like one four star in there Yeah, like I've never seen a film with that, that low of ratings for my friends ever. Usually there's at least one person that's like, I really like this movie. But like even the average rating... 46% 46% of the ratings on Letterboxd are half stars. Wow. Yeah. Nine, uh, 28% are one star. And somehow it manages to average a 1.2 star, which just surprised <laughs> me because it has more half stars than anything else. Um, But yeah, so that, that it, you know, it it's not good. I gave it a 2 out of 10. So oh. I'm right with them. One star. Um, but it's it's watchable. I will say that. It is watchable. It's Aww. not, at least, it, it's not too long. I mean, the boobs really help the watch length. It's 90 minutes. Not too long. And, and since it's an anthology, that, that makes it a little easier to watch, too. But, alright, so that's it. Great. Thank God. Alright. So we shall get into our featured review of The Little Things from 2021, directed by John Lee Hancock, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and uh, Jared Leto. Um, And the synopsis for it is Deke, a burnt-out Kern County CAWD sheriff, Teams with Baxter, a crack LASD detective, to nab a serial killer. Deke's nose for the little things, quote-unquote, proves eerily accurate, but his willingness to circumvent the rules embroils Baxter in a soul-shattering dilemma. Meanwhile, Deke must wrestle with a dark secret from his past. Yeah, so, uh, what did you think of this movie, buddy? Um, I know you didn't really like it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. So, but I'll let you go into why you didn't like it. Because you ranted on it. So, don't hold back. Why are you... I feel like you're calling me out. I am. That's rude. Buddy, well, if you look at the ratings on Letterboxd, I am in the... (laughs) I am in the correct here. Um, but, uh... What? Okay, hold on. Two and a half star, two and a half star, three star, two star, three and a half star, two star... Uh, I guess there's a lot of bad Yep, ones. they're four, bad. Four star, four star here. Yeah, that was like the, I had to like scroll through t- 10 pages to try to find, and now it's, what the hell? I can't find, I literally hate Litterbox, but okay, whatever. Um, all right, here we go. Okay, anyway, but no, the movie itself, um, this is, you know, a psychological thriller, uh, type of move is what it's, uh, advertised at, so not very, not really a horror film, but, uh, 
I, I was curious on it because, you know, it's got Denzel Washington and Rami Malek and Jared Leto and they're all good actors, so what could go wrong? Um, you weren't able to go see it. We said that last week, um, so you had to watch it at home, but I went with... Um, yeah, as part of the release in theater and at home thing that HBO Max does. I actually mm-hmm. went and it would have been cheaper to go to the theater <laughs> because yeah. I paid $15 to get HBO Max for a oh, month. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I guess I have it for a month, so I was watching Batman the anim- Animated Series on it um, this morning, and then I, I think I, I started watching Goalies the other night, mm. um, but I didn't finish it, so I didn't count it as a watch, but yeah, so uh, I have HBO Max now. I'm not sure how long I'll keep it. I mean, there are some movies that I want to see coming out, but I want to see them in the theater. Damn it. But yeah, I couldn't get... I didn't. Ha- there was no way I was going to have time to go to the theater this week, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went to the theater with uh, two two friends, and, um, you know, not... You know, they're not, like, super big horror buffs or film buffs, but uh, they enjoy going to the movies. And we went to see this movie. Um, had a decent amount of people in the theater. I was happy because um, it seems like theaters have been very uh, cleared out lately. But uh, there was a decent amount of people who came to see this one. And they'll probably no- never go to the theater again because they saw this one. Um, I just, uh, I was very, it felt like nothing was really going on in this movie. And it, it was about probably 50 minutes into it. And I, I always sit there in the theater and I do it with you. I mean, you and I kind of, like, talk to each other a little bit, but if I'm with somebody else especially, I'm always thinking, I wonder if they're feeling the same way I am or not. And my friend all of a sudden leans over to me and she's like, I feel like literally nothing has actually happened in this movie yet. And I started cracking up because I was like, me too. Um, it, it's very much like an investigative film. These two team it's up. It's a police procedural. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Um... And apparently this movie was written in 1993, um, I read, so, because everyone keeps comparing it to Seven, but, uh... Oh, it really? Def- was, it was written in 1993? I saw that somewhere, like the actual script or something. That's Unless, cool, kind of cool. Yeah, and it's set in, the movie is set in the 90s, um, that I thought, I thought that was cool at first, I didn't realize that, but then I was like, oh yeah, their cars are older, none of them have cell phones, the TVs and computers are old, so, uh... I thought they did do decent with that. Um, I just, I was just very like wanting to get on with it. I feel like the movie was too long and just, it didn't feel like anything was going on. The thing with a movie like Seven is, I don't even like Seven that much to be completely honest, Um, but even with Seven, the storyline is interesting and the kills are, you know, disturbing and the killer just seems very intriguing. But this movie, for me, it just felt, I felt like I was actually shadowing a real detective and his partner going around places and being bored trying to like target a serial killer and I was bored with them I was falling asleep with them as they fall asleep at one point in the movie and um you know Jared Leto is essentially playing this uh character this very suspicious uh character that uh, you know they really think they have a lead on him they think he's definitely got to be the killer because he looks like a killer and he's acting very uh suspicious trying to act like he's too smart for them and uh all that stuff um and even he was like getting on my nerves like i usually like jared leto um he's not even attractive in the movie so there's nothing to really look at there um but 
his whole he was very I don't want to say mustache twirly but just super almost generic it was like he was channeling every bad guy he's ever seen and being very typical so I didn't really care for that no. I thought that so get get the get out of here with that Come that's on. true with that he's not like he's not mustache twirly he's I just, just said that's not the word for it do you listen when I talk <laughs> no I literally said that? I don't think that's the word for it like that's not what I was trying to say that's so why that's what you're coming at me with you're wrong okay I'm gonna continue my thought <laughs> wait, so, wait, um, wait 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 and listen, then the ending listen. Hold, on, hold on hold on hold on hold on don't spoil anything I'm not okay but listen I want to comment on that like I thought he was really interesting because you got to keep in mind he's not like we don't know if he's the killer, right? Uh-huh. So he's he's playing it up like he is the killer, but you're not sure because then you've learned that he's like really into like true crime and stuff like that and and uh all the all this stuff like he has a motive to to be like falsely leading them to just mess with them and stuff like that. All right, cool. Um and the ending, the moral of the story was horrible. No, there is no moral. That is like, it's supposed to be this happy ending, like, oh, yay. It's but not, it's a somber ending. It's a, like, it's like, yeah, no, dude, it just sucks. It's like, <laughs> it, I feel like it's giving a message that's it's like, not hey, giving you a message. do this, if you just do this, anyone, you, like, you could do anything you put your mind <laughs> No, shut sure. it's not doing that at all. It's, it, it's, it's letting, it's showing you why somebody was so obsessed with this case and like how it's pretty and how his life pretty much got destroyed over what he had done in the past like you know when they talk about you know he uh you know lost his marriage and had a heart attack like well we know why now you know what i mean so it's like and he it's it's a friend it's somebody who it's a friendship story like this person um sort of uh became really close with this person and and honestly doesn't want to see what happened to him happen to uh the new detective so it's more of like this sort of tragic end to to his story but hope for another person's story sure i don't know dude i was bored and I thought it, I just think the movie's bland. That's all. Like it, I just, it, it looks bland, bland, but I think that was like intentional. It, it has like that gritty '70s feel, not '77 feel to it. It reminded me a little bit of the Z- Zodiac as well. You seen Zodiac with Jake Gyllenhaal? No, that always seemed like something I wouldn't like. <laughs> well, if you don't like good movies, I guess. Well, this isn't a good movie. I think it is. It, it's not. Um, Jared Leto was nominated for a Golden Globe for this one. I'm like mad because I don't want anyone to listen to your opinion and go watch this in the theater. It's two hours and eight minutes. They legit could have cut out an hour of this movie. No, okay. I, I I thought it was good. Like the the here's another thing that I was really surprised with. They don't they don't like hold back in with the um like the gruesomeness of the killer. guess i'll tell you what the beginning like right at the beginning i was annoyed because like you got this girl who just does all this dumb stuff right at the beginning and that annoyed me right off the bat what the girl at the beginning which i kind of liked at first because i was like i got silence of the lambs feel she's like singing in her car 
And then she does all this dumb stuff where she deserves to get caught and killed, but then she doesn't. Like what? She literally pulls out, like she pulls over and gets out of her car and knocks on a clearly closed gas station. Who thinks gas stations are closed? It's dark and closed, especially nowadays. Whatever. This wasn't nowadays, this was 1990. So it's dark inside, you could see that. Why would you even pull over? But whatever, dude, I'm just saying, this movie's horrible, don't listen to JPEG. Yeah, you'll watch it. You'll watch a slasher film where every character makes horrible decisions for like thirty minutes straight. But this is a police procedural. It's supposed to be serious. <laughs> I hate the slasher comparison. I hate how people always like compare that to other movies. The slashers, slashers are fun. That's the po- this is like serious and boring. <laughs> you just are a hater. Like I don't think you understand like well-directed cinema. It's not. <laughs> There's nothing. I'm only kind of kidding. Like I, I, I mean, like, I don't think it's like amazing, but I, I liked it a lot. Um, <sighs> I thought Denzel Washington was really good. I like. Sure uh, he is. Rainey Denzel Malek. Washington. I like Jared Leto. Um, I liked all the supporting characters too. Um, they were all good. Uh, and I, I think the thing that I really loved about the movie was the ending. Yeah, I get it. Like, the ending is okay, but then I was, like, mad because I just felt it's kind of, like, okay. Like, I don't know. I just didn't like the whole, like, what the ending meant, I guess. I don't, well, that's because you didn't really get what it meant. I do get what it means. Like, I can't say what it means. I know, but you didn't get it. I had to explain it to you. No, you didn't! (laughs) (laughs) What? You're annoying. <laughs> what? You don't. You're trolling. You, you didn't get even so see. Like you were like the, the other night when I was about to go watch the movie. You were like, I watched that. Or no, it was like the night before. You were like, I watched that movie. You sound in your voice. You sounded like you hated it. No, I didn't. So I was just been, been bummed out all week. No, you were bummed because you watched this move. No. Um, okay, so yeah, you were right, by the way. It originally was a script written in 1993. Steven Spielberg was originally going to direct this. Oh, that's uh, passed on good. it because he felt like the story was too dark. Other people <laughs> attached were Clint Eastwood, Warren Beatty, and Danny DeVito. Danny I DeVito. wonder if that would, that would have been right around when he did My Cousin Vinny. Shut up! What? No, he didn't do My Cousin Vinny. You know 90, that. Didn't My Cousin Vinny come out in 93? I think, nine, no, 92. Oh, so he would have just finished My Cousin Vinny. By the he time didn't he finish was. anything. He, Danny DeVito was probably just sitting at home. Or, like, he didn't do things. <laughs> um, okay, anyway. Uh, what do you, I guess, letterboxed reviews? Alright, I'll give a good one, because it was hard to find a good one. Um, by Jacob1500. Four one five oh four. His favorite films are Joker, Birdman, and Glorious Bastards, and Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Interesting. Okay. And he said he gave it four and a half stars. He said this film was actually really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The acting was great. The writing was very good, and the cinematography was actually quite nice. I thought Jared Leto was the clear standout. He proves again to be one of the best actors working today. Denzel Washington and Rami Malek provide great performances too. As always, both 
specifically Denzel, are constant reliable actors to bring the words on the screenplay to life more realistically than most. The only grievance I have with the film is the ending. Oh wait, let me make sure this. It pulls a Ryan Johnson style subversion of expectations that kind of just look took a massive shit on the first three acts of the film. The ending actually kind of sucked, but as a film entirely the pros and weight outweigh the cons. This guy wasn't really that good at reviewing. He just said a bunch of stuff was good, but didn't explain why. He was like, that is good. This is great. Um, so yeah, there's that. There are, mul- there are a multitude of bad reviews on this film that I found funny, but I hate Letterboxd because I swear they all get mixed. Like, all the reviews like change up their order whenever you click on them. So, hold on. Let me see. Let's see. Let us see. Um, oh, there was one that was like, this movie is trying to be like seven, but instead it is only a five and the five is stylized with, uh, the five being the first letter. That was pretty funny. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then what else? Let's see. Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. I swear. Just give me a minute. Where'd it go? But, what? I don't know. I just can't find the reviews I was looking for. Come on. What are you doing? There's dead know. air. I know. Dude, you left a bunch of dead air earlier. I don't want to hear it. Um, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just hold your horses. Hold your horses. Hold your horses, the horses shall be held, the horses shall be held. Alright, forget it, dude. Let me just find, I will just find Dustin Baker's review, because he said it good. He gave it two and a half stars. It says, the most routine serial killer detective procedural you could have possibly expected. The excitement and engagement levels of almost everyone involved feels like the equivalent of white... (laughs) equivalent of waiting to be called into a doctor's office. I agree. And then there's Leto, who embraces every goddamn cliche ever established by ham-fisted TV show villains and goes so far into cartoonish villain villainy villainry that it becomes laughable. Which shows how effing rough 2020 was on film that he's been nominated for a effing golden globe. Yes. And then there was this one that says Denzel Washington, just give me a check. Rami Malik. This is way harder when I can't lip-sync my way through a performance. Jared Leto. I didn't bathe for over six months, murdered three hamsters, and developed a hilarious strut in preparation for this role. That's a funny, that's a funny one. And, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah, I lay, I read that one, too. Who said the, the hamster thing? That was a funny one. That was a fun. uh, wait, where'd it go? Where did it go now? Oh, uh, some guy named Mario Allegre. He gave it a star and a half. And what are you talking about? I left dead air. You left dead air earlier when you were like the cave. Yeah, that's because I'm. Po- you don't help me. I need you to help me. I was trying realize, to pull something do you up. Re- do you? Whoa, 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 hold on, bro. <laughs> do you realize like whenever I'm reviewing, you have yourself on mute the entire time, and I could tell because you unmute it, and like I will like go to try to get you to engage, and you shall not engage. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm busy. Oh, okay, so maybe I was... Like, it's so annoying. Like, I have to sit here on my toes the whole time while you're reviewing because you need me to say things. Oh, here was a good one. 
the little things. Can no, I copy your? Stop. Wait, wait, wait. You already little, did them. Little... Well, it's funny. The little things. Can I copy your homework? Seven. Yeah, just change it up a bit so it doesn't look obvious. <laughs> I feel like everyone involved in this was forced to be a part of it, except for Jared Leto. <laughs> um, oh, I was disgusted the entire runtime, but Jared Leto's oily hair and the true mystery of this film is why he didn't decide to take a damn shower. These are funny. These are very funny. I think that's it. Um, What is your rating of the movie? Four. All right. I give it a seven. I think it's definitely worth it. Oh, my God. What? It's a good movie. Okay, dude. Whatever. Whatever. What did Kaylee give it? I don't know. We don't rate movies. You don't talk about the movie after you watch it? We do, but I don't say, like, what do you give that movie? Like, we talked about the film. Me and my friends did. We don't, we don't rate them, we just talk about them. Like, we discuss what we liked and if we hated it or liked it or what. I guess you don't have as good of friends as I did. Because we didn't <laughs> give it a rating? That's it? Wouldn't it be, be worse if, I, if we were just like, yeah, 10 out of 10, and then what? didn't talk about the movie at all? Why, like why are you so hostile this episode? <laughs> I'm not hostile, you're annoying this episode. Much like always. I don't even know. You're right. Why am I hostile? Because you're always annoying. Always. What's the difference? Are you mad, bro? Yes! Why? You just let me dead air and didn't even help me with the Letterboxd reviews. <laughs> I feel like you had that you had pulled up because you were like, oh, I like that one too. It was funny. <laughs> Meaning you read it and it was probably right in front of your face, but you are just allowing me to choke. Why are you so mad? What? <laughs> Right, buddy. All right. Well, okay. So that's gonna wrap it up. I think maybe next week, if we can. I don't know if it's out yet. I've seen people reviewing it, but I know that it leaked online. So uh, the film is Saint Maud. If it's out, we'll probably do that next. Um, if it's not, then we'll have to find something else. Uh, Saint Maud. It's a twenty-four. I'm sure Carly won't understand it. So we'll have. It'll probably what are you be talking it. about? <laughs> I like a twenty-four flick. I'm just saying, like, after doing, like, this one with you, I could tell that, like, you don't have the sort of, like, vision to see, like, filmmaking sometimes. And I understood the entire film! <laughs> you didn't understand the complexities of the end. No, I understood, like, no matter how, like, deep you try to make it, it was still, like, it was kind of like, oh, that's not really a good message. It's not a message, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. But yeah, like St. Maud, I'm sure it'll go way over Carly's head. Um, so, you know, I'll leave the charge on that one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, I'm sure she'll be here to leave some dead air. So, uh, What? Nothing, you dead aired everywhere. I know. I, I, wasn't, I, I was kind of, my head's all over the place this episode. I'm sorry. Put it on the app. I just decided to be funny instead. Take your head and put it on the app. Okay, um, so that will be it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, we will see you guys on the next one. Hopefully St. Maud. If not, I think there are a bunch of other movies that came out. Psycho Gorman. Um, we could do that one. Uh, because I have to do that anyway. Which I believe that's from the Ashton Six guys. Um, so that would be the editor. And what, Manborg? I forget what else they did. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll either do St. Maud or Psycho Gorman. Right. All right. Yes.
We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Bye.